Welcome, my friends, to the Chaos Creed Podcast, where we discuss masculinity, emotional intelligence, and what it takes to be the greatest version of ourselves, then clash that with thought-provoking experience and perspective to unleash the greatest answers to the question, what does it mean to be rebel-minded? The space is here, the battleground set, and our creed committed to. I'll see all of you soldiers on the other side. What is up, Chaos Creed listeners? Uh, If any of you don't know me personally, or even if you do, because I don't think a lot of people knew, I recently had an injury in the gym, and I wasn't sure if this is actually what it was or not. I thought I had pulled my chest, like not ripped a muscle, but pulled something. I've never pulled anything in my chest before, and it was the weirdest feeling. And then... The idea was that I possibly could have dislocated a rib, which seemed funny to me. I didn't know you could dislocate a rib up near the sternum area, but I saw a chiropractor today, and lo and behold, I guess it's it's possible. It's maybe not like dislocated, like more possibly like dislodging, I suppose, but I went to this guy today, and I do feel better now in the moment it's been a few hours it's it feels i can breathe deep with barely even feeling it and i think it's going to get better throughout the days and throughout the week um i think i will be on the mend but it was like this guy punched me in the chest and it was a very beneficial punch in the chest but if i were to relate it to ever getting punched in the chest i'm assuming that it would feel just like that I'm also starting a new program, so it's good that I'm getting some health things taken care of. Um, I'm starting to try to eat more again because I know that's exactly what Eric is going to want me to do. He's just going to make me stuff my face. So I might as well try to start taking in as much food, as much good, wholesome food as well, to get me going on this track. But there's going to be some before and after pictures. I'm scared to actually take a before picture because I know what I looked like a couple years ago and now ooh it's going to be it's going to be rough. I mean, I claim to be a hobbit, but I am a skinny hobbit right now. It is I want to be back to being the muscle hamster and it's going to take some work. I know that doesn't make sense to a lot of you guys, but if you know who I am, you'll get it. You'll get it. So, on to the discussion. But before before I get started, I, I want to mention something. I've recently put up a post about how important good friends are. Not just the ones that you have all the fun with, but the ones that cause and help endure all of our emotions and experiences. I don't think that any relationship, plutonic, romantic, intimate, distant, I don't think any of them should not engulf the complete realm of emotions and, and experiences that we all go through. We should all discuss and play and fight We should all endure and relate and struggle and satisfy and challenge each other constantly. No type of relationship should go without feeling, like not feeling all the emotions. The reason I say this is because of what I'm doing with this podcast. I just want to discuss and relate with all of you. I want to be able to touch souls with you guys. It's not just about me teaching. It's about me challenging all of you as much as I challenge myself. I want to tell you about my struggles, not to vent, but to relate. I don't want to challenge you not to see you fail, but to succeed. I've changed more than I knew that I could in the last couple of years. 
in a lot of amazing ways, actually, and a lot of ways that I'm still working on, too. The point is, though, is I'm not giving up, not even in the darkest of times. And if this is something that I can do, this overanalyzing, self-deprecating, stubborn, self-sabotaging asshole that I am, then I know that you guys can, too. Just because we're growing doesn't mean it's easy to change the most limiting parts of ourselves. This is always going to be a struggle. Sometimes we can, but a lot of times it's a constant battle against the lesser version of ourselves. The lazy version, the past version. And that's completely the point here. To leave the old us where it belongs. In the fucking past. So as we proceed in life, I want you all to know that I'm moving forward with you. And if I'm ever blessed enough to connect with any of you on the other side of this mic, then I know I am doing something of value. And I hope one day that I get to meet some of you. Now, last week I went over my experiences with the three C's. Those three C's were control, courage, and confidence. And I gave all you guys my experiences. And now I want to move on my way of pursuing these in life and making them work to your benefit. I promised that we would discuss how to best pursue these, and that's just what we're going to do, gentlemen. I want to touch what I think is first priority for each one of these C's. That will give you guys a good perspective of who I am, and hopefully it helps you strengthen your own versions. P.S. If there are any women listening today, I almost always speak to a man's perspective, but I hope that you can take away from this too. And if there's anything else that you would love to hear about or question, please, please get in touch with me. I would love to, to always hear a woman's perspective. I would always try to, I would always love to try and relate to women as much as I can and give them just as much of information as I can all of the men. And so here we go. On to the three C's. Let's do it, guys. Rebel minded, rebel minded. So the first of the C's, and to me, the greatest foundation of becoming our best is our control. Control of who we are, how we pursue, and how we present ourselves to others. This one is difficult in so many ways, too. The best way that I can really give advice on control is through my own idea of what it means to be in control. To me, how I control myself with others is amazingly important. Connections are what we thrive off of. We bounce ourselves off of the world around us. It tells us how we're doing who we are, and where we're really fucking up. It's like looking at the world as if it's a mirror, seeing yourself. If we can look into our own eyes and see sadness and suffering, then that's what we're venting and also looking for out in the external world. If we see anger and resentment, then most likely that's what we portray to the world and what we're looking to connect with. What we have to understand is that no matter how much we try to hide who we are from the world and what we're feeling, your energy has to go somewhere. So if we think that we're limited and incapable, the only thing we're going to find are limited options and incapability. This is what I mean by control. We have to learn to control our mind. You control your mind, you change how you feel, how you act on things for yourself, and how you act on the external, aka your relationships, your opportunities, and all the things you want back from the world around you. The first thing I've ever really learned to help with control is patience and lots of it because I do not come from an adolescent stage of patience. I don't just mean patience of waiting. 
I mean patience that tells you to think. It means to think about everything that you say and everything you act on. You have to be patient enough to slow down and ponder. You start asking yourself why you say and do things, and there is no skill in this. All it does is cause repetition. Repetition of all of these questions makes you find the answers. It makes you dig deep to truly understand why you do what you do. Once you're aware of these answers, then you'll pick up on them every time. From there, you start to change what you do and how you act and what you say. For example, I used to self-deprecate when I was flirting. I did it in a joking way because in my eyes, if I could make a girl laugh, then she would like me. But no matter how great it sounded in my head, and even if she might laugh, all she could hear behind the words is lack of confidence. I had a hard time being confident because I thought it was just cocky. I thought being confident was directly related with being arrogant and cocky. But there is a strong version of confidence out there that doesn't include arrogance. Remember, women know emotions damn well. They can smell confidence issues from a mile away, guys. And it doesn't matter how much cologne you try to cover it with. Once I figured out what I was doing, I felt so wrong for being that guy. It made me feel weak and the lowest on the totem pole of great men to date. I didn't feel like anything. I felt like I was the part of the totem pole that was stuck in the dirt. Not seen, dirty, never to be used, never to be looked to. So you get control where you are on that totem pole, and it has nothing to do with beating out the other men. It has to do with being the strongest version of your own. Courage, courage is scary, but damn doable. Courage is hard to start, but when you've done it enough, you understand that courage isn't about not having fear. It's about having fear and seeing past the fear to see the opportunity and gain on the other side. That's where that patience comes in, is allowing yourself enough time to have the foresight to see what's to come, to push yourself past that fear, to have the courage to embrace the fear and push past it. The crazy part is all of us men are so very different in what we fear. I have things that I fear that I still have yet to overcome. Other things men have yet to overcome, I've done with ease. What counts is knowing that because there are so many of us and since our fears are so diverse, there is amazing potential to help each other through them because we all have something we can help another with. Now, courage is the gateway drug to confidence, in my opinion. Courage means acting, and acting gives way to knowing that what you're facing didn't cause your heart to stop or send you to jail. Consistency with courage makes it so much easier, and it can lead you to being courageous in other situations too. It has a bleeding effect. One of my greatest wins in courage was my ability to challenge men. No, I'm not talking about throwing fisticuffs or dueling. I have yet to slap another man in the face with a perfectly white glove and confidently challenging him to the death with swords or tipping my hat to approve a gunfight that ends in blood and death. Thank God that form of masculinity challenge is outdated or else I wouldn't be here. My only chance would be my ninja style moves because of my small stature. That's the only thing I got. I was always in fear of other men. I stopped from saying most anything because I completely feared putting another man into a mood that would get me hurt, embarrassed, or cause me shame. But let me tell you something. The first time I had the courage to speak my mind to another man, not only did I not die, I felt absolute freedom. 
And like I said before, that led me into confidence in who I was. It led me into realizing I had a voice. I could fight for what I believed in, and I could do it without having to feel shame or even shaming another man. Masculine challenge has nothing to do with leaving a victim dying in his own blood. Actually, it really shouldn't. Conquering one another leads to less men. Both becoming stronger from interaction still leaves two men intact, and both the ability to grow from the experience and both with the ability to change others. As I progress, I gain more and more courage and confidence to call men out on their bullshit. Once I told another man, a friend of mine, actually, that I believe his alcohol consumption is a crutch. I still believe that. That he was self-medicating with a drug that only covers up issues he was unwilling to deal with. Another day, after being given all the quote-unquote man-up signals on how to lift, how I should shut the fuck up and lift, I, very angrily mind you, blew up on these two and yelled at them for pushing my buttons, and if they wanted to help, to actually discuss and help with the issue and not just bust my balls about it. Another day, still, walking through a parking lot, I had a man honk at me to move as he was driving through, and then continue to park, walk at me as I was walking away from where he was. He was spitting an intimidating, booming voice and telling me and my friend how I should get the fuck out of the way. Just by pure instinct, and this is the first and probably the last time this has actually happened, but just by pure instinct and defense, I turned, flared my chest, walked quickly and strongly back in his direction, screaming about pedestrian right away. By the way, this guy was much larger than I was, tatted, looked pretty intimidating himself, actually. And I completely saw past all of that. I didn't even recognize it. It only took me about 10 steps and my consistent barking for him to turn and walk away defeated, tail between his legs. Now, is that what I intended? No. I did have an instinct to stand up for myself, and it did turn out that I could stand up to another man. And the most recent of my overcomings was when I was able to speak to my dad and tell him how his constant intimidation and scolding had turned me into a shamed and constant crippling under challenge individual. The point is, none of these even ended up in me being hurt, physically or psychologically. If anything, I grew from these situations. I found out that no other man has control over me. I decide on what I want to shrug off and what I want to challenge. Keep in mind, I'm a man that has a patient and pleasant demeanor. And I'm about the size of a hobbit at five foot, three inches tall, and I've never really learned any sort of self-defense or combat training. I weigh 135 pounds. I have nothing to make me feel purely confident in winning any sort of physical challenge let alone intimidate any other man. I'll say it again. I learned that who I am and what I decide to voice can't and should not be silenced by another just because of intimidation, just because of this toxic masculinity, just because of the societal standard of what man is supposed to be, because it's a cover-up, it's an eggshell. It's my right to have a voice, to be honest, and even to speak up when I think something isn't right. Now, what makes us the best we possibly can be, to me, maybe not you, so props to you if you're great with this, but confidence is one of the hardest things to learn. I have a bit of a past that put me behind in learning great confidence, but at my own lack of actions against it. It's my own fault for not growing as quick as I possibly could have because of fear, because of shame, because of intimidation. 
Confidence has many dimensions to conquer. Number one, you have to be confident in who you are, first and foremost. You have to be confident that what you do in this world is for you, that you feel pure and good about what you're doing, and that it's for your best interest and an inspiration to the ones around you. Confidence doesn't shame. It doesn't mock. It doesn't even challenge. That's arrogance. That's that thin line that's been blurred. Confidence includes inspiration. It creates new confidence in others. And within my own perspective, confidence is being a student as much as it is being a teacher. You can find confidence in all things that you do, but it's the way you intimately know it and the way you express it. My own confidence came to me in its strongest when I truly decided to not give a fuck what anyone else thinks of me. When I decided to speak and express my own truth, admit what I love most, talk about the hard things in life and what I'm curious about trying in my own life, it not only felt like I was finally done hiding, it also put out a vibe to others. They know where I stand. It leaves less questioning for myself and others about who I am. Believe me, the more you decide to act, speak, and basically all together live everything you want, your confidence will soar. Powerlifting. That's my baby. In no way am I the best, nor do I know everything there is to know about powerlifting. But the intimacy of the sport has given me enough confidence to know what it takes to be a basic lifter. I can speak the sport, discuss, and create camaraderie and friendship around it. Confidence is being able to ask others about mistakes that I make, their perspective on my form and my follow-through, as well as helping others with their own. The reason I use powerlifting as how I gained my confidence is because of what it did for me. It wasn't just lifting. This opened up a new love and drive for something besides looking sexy in the summer. And yes, I was the bro with the ripped upper body and no strength or size in my bottom half. And no, running doesn't count for upkeep either. That's exactly what I tried to do. The sport of powerlifting made me see exercise as far more than just something to make me look good. It was the things I learned about proportional strength, the humbling I got from the intensity of it, the burn of passion I got from facing my fear of failing lifts being under huge amounts of weight. And one of the greatest things it did for me is put in front of me the people that are some of the most deep humans that are capable of mind-blowing success doing things that most people in this world will never attempt. Physical strength isn't just this showcase of comparable ability. It's about testing your soul against the challenge that not only iron and gravity can put against you. I'm happy to say that I found a lot of myself in powerlifting. And even though I've been thrown off track recently, and who knows, I may never even compete again, but the experience gave me experiences and friendships I never would have had otherwise. And it gave me the answer to something I had never before been able to see clear. Can I be strong? Can I face the daunting fear of sure failure and find success when the chances are as slim as shooting a target in the dark? It set me up for seeing the worthiness of all failure, to find that slim chance of winning. Because the far and in-between wins are what life is about, and I want to live life with the most amount of wins possible. And the only way to accomplish that is facing fear and failure as many times as I can muster. That, gentlemen, is confidence. It's not presented to you in a box. Although there will be an external reaction from your learned confidence, it's only created. It's manifested from the heart and the mind. And that's what makes confidence 
one of the best attributes of who you are because confidence is purity. It's experience. It's freedom. It's being the only person that you can ever really be. So the sooner you find what makes you confident, the more real you'll ever be. The better you'll be for yourself and everyone around you. I guess the three C's here are kind of a compounding effect on one another. They all kind of interlace and give strength to the others. I guess that's why they become so important and why I decided to present them to you like I did. The idea is for all of us to be better men for tomorrow, gentlemen. The better we are set up for tomorrow, the better effect we have on the world. And the better effect we have on the world, the more we love about our life and the more fulfilled we will be at the end of it. And the more accomplished the world will be after you're gone. Thanks for tuning in to the Chaos Creed Podcast again, guys. I always want to bring the next best thing I can to you guys. And as I learn, I want to bring you along with me. Make sure to follow me again on IG as the Creed Soldier. Creed with a K. Stay tuned for more to come. A new website opening up, my blog back on track, and an interview on the next episode. The first one, I'm going to bring a guy named Jake Needham. A lot of you locals are going to know him here onto the podcast to hear about who he is, how he sees the world, and how he plans on changing it. See you next time, soldiers. I'm out. Stay strong and stay rebel-minded.